Pastor Ed Taylor says God is often wanting to speak to us, and he uses the gift of prophecy to do it. I was just listening to the radio, and the Lord spoke, and the pastor was telling me this, and it was just so good. That's, God is speaking to you through his word. He's speaking to you oftentimes prophetically where someone is being used to foretell God's word right to your heart, right where you're at, right the circumstance of your life that nobody else ever, nobody could possibly know but the Lord. And I would encourage you to give God the credit for those words in your life. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. It is a real delight to open the Word with you and study it together here on Abounding Grace. And a warm welcome to you. Pastor Ed Taylor is in the midst of a series on the Holy Spirit and right in the process of describing the spiritual gifts for us in great detail. Today, we'll pause to consider the gift of prophecy. After we define it biblically, Ed will reveal how it is seen in Jesus' life and in the early church, as well as what it looks like today. We'll then point out some of the dangers that go along with this spiritual gift. Don't think of the gift of prophecy being some weird thing now where, you know, don't do it. Don't, don't come to church, you know, growing a beard with honey and grasshoppers in it and, and a robe. And, oh, I'm John the Baptist. You're not. You know, don't go around and go, I, I've, got the, I've got the word, I've got the word, and grab somebody and shake them. Thus saith the Lord. Like, God is not weird. You might be weird. God is not weird. These things happen very naturally. I would even say this. In this realm of gifting, it happens so naturally, so many times, you don't even realize that that's your gift. But that's how God uses you. The gift of prophecy, speaking forth the word of God through the anointing and the leading of the Holy Spirit. The gift of prophecy is being a channel through which the Lord might speak. Now, a person with this prophetic gift, some of the things to look for, a person with this prophetic gift often sees things in sharp contrasts. You might even be known as a person that sees things in black and white. There's not a lot of room for gray areas with those with the prophetic gifting. It's just the way it is. This is what the Bible says, and this is what you need to do, and that's it. There's no room for discussion, no room for dialogue. This is the Bible. Go do it. The, thing, the, the person I think of that speaks most prophetically in the scriptures uh, in one of the books of the Bible is James. James doesn't mess around. So you have faith? Well, show me your works. Now, simply, you don't have, you don't have any works. Faith without works, he said, is dead. How would you like a prophet? Come, you know what? You're dead. You have no works. You, you think of that strong word of black and white. Maybe you're known as a person prone to black and white. Sharp contrast. You usually don't see any gray areas at all. As a result, the, those with the gift of prophecy aren't really noted for your tact or diplomacy. You're just one of those matter-of-fact, this is the way it is, Jack. And that's it. 
Prophets often are known with these characteristics. You tend to be a bold person. You tend to be known as an outspoken person. You're like, you're like nobody wants to say anything, but you're going to say it. Those that have the gift of prophecy tend to be very persuasive. They tend to be leaders more often than not. They tend to be grieved personally and deeply by sin. You see a sin of a country. You you see a sin of a church. It grieves you. It moves you. You can't get over it. You're praying and seeking the Lord for a word, for an answer. What's going on? You're touched deeply by the sin of others and even your own sin. People with the gift of prophecy tend to be more serious-minded. They tend not to hold back when they have something to say. They, They are known as maybe you're known as a person that doesn't mince words. You just tell it like it is. Those are characteristics of a person with the gift of prophecy. Many times, those with the gift of prophecy aren't really known to have much of a sense of humor either. Pretty serious and pretty direct. Now, having the gift of prophecy doesn't mean you have the office of the Old Testament prophet. The two are very separate and distinct. But we're to desire this gift of prophecy. We're desire to operate in it. We're, desire, we're to desire not only the gifting, but the manifestation of a word of prophecy, a word in due season. Now let's take a closer look at the three purposes and why this gift is so important in the body of Christ. First of all, through prophecy, God speaks to his church to edify. That's, a diff- that's another word for building up, for strengthening. Prophecy builds up and strengthens believers in Jesus Christ. It encourages us many times to trust the Lord and lay hold of the promises of God and to secure and stay in a position of strength in Christ Jesus. The Spirit of God will speak through someone to bring forth words that build us up and increase our faith and fortify our relationships in Jesus Christ, even if we don't really like the words being shared with us very much. I remember in the early crisis times of our sorrow and sadness and difficulty with our son going home to be with the Lord three years ago, many people would share with me a familiar passage of Scripture in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And I have to say, in those early days of dark despair and difficulty, that wasn't a very encouraging verse in my life. But God would lay it on many people's hearts to email it, to text it, put a little door, put a little note under my office. I'd come back to my desk and there'd be all these scriptures, Roman, the kids writing it down. And even though I didn't like it in the moment, it was the word that God had for me. And many times that's how the word of prophecy will come. God will speak a prophetic word of his scriptures to you through his person. And you may not like it to begin with, but it's the word of God for you in the moment. Secondly, through prophecy, God exhorts us. Different from the gift of exhortation, where a person really is always exhortive, in the prophetic word, it's that exhortation like James. Don't just mouth it, do it. And I'm sure you have people in your life, stop talking about it, do it. You keep talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. Why aren't you doing it? And you're like, dude, why? I'm trying, man, I'm trying. No, do it. Do it. Many times if... Uh, as the Bible study is going forth here, these things are happening through the Bible study. God is prophetic. 
God is prophetic through his word. And I may go off on a little tangent or a little thing that's a share or some circumstance there, but it's really not a tangent. It's really, it's from the Lord for you. God has it for you in this time. We need those in our lives that will spur us to act upon what we know from the scriptures, that we won't just sit on our feet, but rather we will be moved forward and moved onward through prophecy we're exhorted to praise. Many times, even, at, even today, as, as Pastor Ian was leading us, he would take his hands and he would clap them. That, that's a form of exhortation, encouraging you to come along. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Let's clap. Let's seek him together. Let's sing louder. Let's repeat that. There's so much going on even in the worship community that's exhorting us in the gift of prophecy. Thirdly, prophecy has the ability to comfort us. To comfort us. We need to hear God is on the throne at times, don't we? That he's watching over us. That he loves us. That he hasn't forgotten about us. That he desires to heal our hurts, minister to our hearts. That even though there is chaos abounding on the world today, God is on the throne. He keeps his promises. Jesus is returning. All righteousness will be restored. Every wrong will be made right. And God keeps his promises. We need to be reminded of that. Because life can beat us up, man. And there we are sitting in the despair of life thinking, God forgot me. God doesn't care. He's not on the throne. And God will send a prophetic word to say, don't you believe that? It's not true. God is on the throne. He's promised to not leave you or forsake you. And God will send a prophet along the way as his word will not return void. How did this gift operate in Jesus' life? Number two, turn over to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Remember, this is the familiar scene. Jesus comes into Nazareth in the early part of his ministry, comes into a familiar synagogue. He's handed the scroll for the daily reading. And the daily reading is in Isaiah chapter 61. So Jesus takes the scroll. It says in verse 17, he was given it. When he had opened the book in verse, this is Luke 4, 17, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book. He closed the book stopping at verse 1 in Isaiah 61, the way we have them laid out in verses. He closed the book on purpose because this was a prophetic word speaking forth the word of God for those that were listening. He gave it back to the attendant and everybody was fixed on him because it was a word for them. And the word was that Messiah has come. And not only that, Jesus says in verse 21, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I not only, and of course Jesus had this, I not only speak it to you, but I'm fulfilling it right now in your presence. But it's interesting as you go to Isaiah 61 that he stopped short in verse 2. He only did the beginning of it. The beginning of it was to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. But what he didn't read was, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. That day of coming judgment. Jesus wasn't coming in his first coming to fulfill that day of judgment. That's still yet future, which will encompass the seven years of the great tribulation period. The rapture of the church will take place and God's wrath will come upon a God-rejecting world and God's judgment will come. But what is being fulfilled is the wonderful ministry of Jesus, preaching and healing and deliverance, drawing people to himself through salvation. 
How did it occur, number three, how did it occur in the New Testament? I'm just going to give these to you. You can look them up later. In Luke chapter 1, verse 67, we have an example of Zechariah speaking forth the word. And he's going through all kinds of different verses to speak forth the word prophetically for what was happening in that moment with the birth of John the Baptist. Not only that, in Acts chapter 2, Peter stands on the day of Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, they're speaking in tongues. Everybody's attention is drawn. There's confusion and all kinds of... And what does Peter do? He stands up and pro- gives a prophetic word coming back from the Old Testament, describing what's going on and weaving the gospel through that prophetic word. So powerfully was the Spirit through Peter. What happened? They gave their own altar call and 3,000 people gave their life to the Lord that day. And Peter, what was he doing? Inspired by the Spirit, pulling scriptures that were already in him, speaking forth the Word of God, explaining a situation that had just occurred perfectly and powerfully. How does it operate today? How do you see it operating in your life? Well, often your mind is given a very strong impression or a thought. Now, some of you are very diligent in your Bible memorization, others of you are diligent in your Bible reading. Perhaps you have a favorite devotional that you get in your email box or you have a favorite devotional book and and you just are in the Word of God. So there you are reading the Bible for the day and as you're reading the Bible for the day, that scripture just jumps off the page like in 3D and at the same time, a person is also in your mind. And the Spirit of God just says, "Tell tell this person this scripture. This scripture is for this person. And you're like, Really? Because you don't even understand the Scripture. You're like, you're going to share it? And what if they ask me what it means? You're like, just, the Spirit, just, just send it. And, and we have technology today. You can do that by text. You can do that by email. You can do that by phone. You can send it on a pigeon if you want. But you can send the Scriptures. You can call them. I mean, you can do a lot of things. And you share the Scriptures. And then what happens? They, you go to them. You say, hey, the Lord just laid, me, laid you on my heart this morning. I was reading my devotions. I want to share this Scripture. You give it to them. And they go, what? Why are you sharing that with me? It doesn't make any sense. And you say, well, just, just pocket it. The Lord told me to do it. I'm going to do it. I don't know what it means. I'm just being faithful. Other times, the Lord's given you not only the Scripture, but also a word of exactly what it is in their lives. And you share the Scripture, and they go, you won't believe. I have been praying for three days, asking God for an answer. That's the answer to my, to my prayer. And it starts with an impression A word, an exhortation, a correction, an encouragement. And as you obey the prompting of the Holy Spirit, he he leads you in sharing the word with those he sent you. Very naturally. It it happens in the form of when you're counseling and when you're ministering to people. A word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, a prophetic word where you can speak forth not only the word but right into their lives. A precise word from God for their lives, speaking forth the word. Obeying the Holy Spirit brings exact preciseness. And even as the Bible is being taught here, God is using his word to send out prophetic words to many of you. I'm always amazed. It happens so much in our lives. I don't think we really give credit to God for speaking to our hearts, prophetic words. And we would just take it for granted. 
we're, we're flipping on the radio. And I mean, I'm telling you, there have been times when I've been listening to a Bible study on the radio or I plug my phone in, I'm listening to a study that, that I have downloaded and the pastor is, is 5,000 miles away and he delivered this message 20 years ago, but God had a word for me today. I got to pull my car over and go, Lord, this is amazing. Thank you. Overcome with emotion. Or maybe it's even a smaller, you know, the Lord, I was just listening to the radio and the Lord spoke and the pastor was telling me this and it was just so good. That's, God is speaking to you through his word. He's speaking to you oftentimes prophetically where someone is being used to foretell God's word right to your heart, right where you're at, right the circumstance of your life that nobody else ever, nobody could possibly know but the Lord. And I would encourage you to give God the credit for those words in your life. Start to verbally, openly give God the credit and praise him in that moment. Say, thank you, God, for speaking to my heart. Thank you, God, for using this man, for using this woman to give me a word that I needed. I'm going to act on it. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to obey whatever it might be and begin to thank God for it. What the Bible says to thank God for, not for all things, but in all things. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. But a word of prophecy is something to thank him for. Now, Somebody coming to you and saying that they are speaking prophetically doesn't mean they are. You know that. There is a category of prophets known as false prophets. And we need to be careful. The Bible says what? To test the spirits, whether they are from God. The Bible says to test all things and hold fast to what is good. So what are some tests that we can have? You're taking notes, number one. Here are some things to look out for in somebody coming with a prophecy. Number one, does the prophecy line up with God's word? If the prophecy does not line up with God's word, that person is not speaking on behalf of God because God will not contradict himself. Oh yeah, the Lord came and spoke to me and said, it's okay, just go ahead and live in sin. Go ahead and have sexual sin. But that's not from the Lord. Yeah, just go ahead. You're hungry, go steal a ham from Safeway. No problem. You need a fourth wheel for your car? Steal it from your name. No, 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 that's not from the Lord. I use weird exaggerations, but it's true. Many people will come with false counsel and not a word of prophecy from the Lord at all. I want to underline, I want to emphasize, I want to capitalize, I want to embolden. A word of prophecy, a prophetic word, will never contradict the Scriptures. Number two, a prophetic word will also line up with the facts. A prophetic word will line up with the facts. Now, many times here, it used to be letters, but now it's emails and Facebook posts and blog posts. That, like, like they, people will send things like a letter that begins, thus saith the Lord, and pronounce all kinds of weird stuff and all kinds of, you know, just stuff that, that isn't from the Lord at all. But they're going to pronounce it, all kinds of accusations and other things that, that are just completely wrong and 100% wrong. You can just dismiss them. You know, first of all, if somebody sends an anonymous email or anonymous letter here, it just gets trashed. If you want to have a dialogue, you want to talk about that, we'd love to talk about things in the Word, but we're not going to take the, the cowardice of an anonymous letter or some anonymous post or some fake email address. But on occasion, I mean, it happens quite a bit, where somebody will write, well, thus saith the Lord, God said this, and, and they'll just start saying all kinds of things, and, and I'm like, I'm reading, and I'm like, that is not from the Lord. That doesn't line up with the facts at all. Or let me give you something more common. You ladies here, and you guys, 
I want you to be very careful with somebody coming up to you. Let's say you ladies, let's talk to you. This happens more with ladies than guys, but it happens both ways. Some, lady, some guy comes up to you and says, you know, I've been praying. I've been seeing you on the other side of the, of the sanctuary, and I've been praying, just seeking the Lord. And thus saith the Lord, you are my wife. Now, some of you ladies can answer that pretty quickly. Dude, no way. I'm already married. That's not from the Lord. That does not line up with the facts, buddy. Boom. No, don't do that in the Lord. But still others of you, listen. If the Lord is speaking to someone about a, such an important relationship such as marriage, and somebody comes and does say it to the Lord, let me tell you something. God speaks on both sides. And he'll give you confirmation as well. There'll be a peace and a unity in that decision. It won't be some kind of pressure. Uh, maybe not marriage, you know, some guy or some guy, you know, thus saith the Lord, you know, God, if you really love me, you'll have sex with me. No, no, no. That's not from the Lord. You can reject that. I mean, if a guy's not willing to respect you, not willing to honor you as a sister, and a gal's not willing to honor you, hey, listen, that is not a future relationship for you. You, you want to be strong in the Lord, and, and you wait for confirmation. You wait for confirmation because God will speak on both sides. Things will line up with the facts. You know, uh, with a pastor, this happens a lot in my life. With a pa- as pastors, there are two misconceptions, really, as it relates to this type of f- prophetic word. Because in counseling and opening the Bible with people, uh, the prophetic word comes out quite a bit. Where it's just a word that speaks right to the situation. Just boom. Just get right to the core. Cut it out at the root. But there's a couple misconceptions with those you know, pastors. First of all, the first misconception is, is that the pastors know more than they really do. Like, people think we know everything. We don't know everything. We don't know everything about the Bible. We don't know everything about what's going on in the church. And you go, well, Ed, I thought you knew. And I'm like, I don't know. Tell me. Because I think God sent you to tell me something I don't know. But the opposite is also true. Many people think pastors don't know as much as they really do. And this is very helpful in counseling. Because a lot of times, you'll be in my office. We'll be wrestling over an issue. It's a very hard, difficult issue. And what you don't know is I have first-hand facts on the situation. I didn't tell you. I'm not going to tell you. I know, I, know, I know about the situation, but you don't know I know. And so as I'm talking and letting you argue, I'm letting you talk. I'm letting you talk. I'm letting you talk. And the moment I recognize that you're lying, I know you're not, from the, you're not walking in the Spirit, and you haven't been sent from the Lord. The only thing is, I'm not going to tell you I know that you're lying. I'm going to let you keep talking and keep talking, and keep talking, until the Spirit at the right moment says, you know what? You're lying. And these are the facts. I didn't hear it secondhand. I know it personally, my own personal knowledge. And you need to repent, because that's where times of refreshing come from the Lord. A word of prophecy will always line up with the facts. It won't be involved in a manipulation or a lie or gossip or slander. It will always align with the facts because God is always aligned with the facts. This is Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. He's leading a study of the Holy Spirit right now. To purchase a CD copy of this message, call 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223. You can also find our studies online at calvaryaurora.org for instant access. And check out the Calvary Aurora and the Grace FM Colorado apps. Do a search for Calvary Aurora. 
and listen to great Bible teaching as you're on the go. We have something we'd like to give away to you today that will serve to help you remember what we've been learning here in our present series on the Holy Spirit. They're free bookmarks designed to help you remember the components of each spiritual gift. Slip them into your Bible or a book that you're reading and give some away to friends and family, too. You can download and print them out today if you'll visit calvaryaurora.org. Here in the month of August, we've picked out a resource we think you'll enjoy and get a lot out of. It's called Living Water and authored by the late pastor Chuck Smith. Would you like to be filled with the Spirit and have the Holy Spirit flow forth out of your life like a torrent of living water? That can become a reality. Pastor Chuck will lead you step by step into this marvelous relationship with God made possible by the work of the Spirit as you read Living Water. Ask for a copy when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more today. Please remember that it's through your financial support that we're able to bring Abounding Grace to your radio station every day. We're continually asking the Lord to provide for this radio ministry, and often He does so through caring listeners. We can be reached toll-free at 877-30-GRACE or turn to calvaryaurora.org. Set aside another half hour to join us tomorrow when we'll hear more about the Holy Spirit from Pastor Ed Taylor here on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Chapel Aurora.